You put in the work every day. Hours and hours. Training. But think about how much more focused you'd be with a coach. Welcome to the What's Up Podcast. What's Up Podcast? Where we'll explore all of your questions from climbing in the Dolomites to winning your local cycling events. This podcast is sponsored by Kyle Coaching, a results-oriented, data-driven coaching service for the working endurance athlete. Now your host, head coach of Kyle Coaching. This is Chuck Kyle. Hello and welcome to the first What's Up Podcast. Today I'll be talking with a good friend of mine, Jim Weinstein, and we're going to talk about a little bit of nutrition. In this podcast, we're going to try to do a couple times a month and to bring to you, the audience, our experience and some suggestions, guidelines on how to best reach the podium at your next race. I'm speaking with Dr. Jim Weinstein, a board-certified sports dietitian and lieutenant colonel in the United States Air Force. Because Dr. Weinstein is on active duty, we want to remind folks that Dr. Weinstein's opinions are his own and do not represent those of the United States Air Force or the Department of Defense. So let's get started. I'll tell you a little history about Jim and I. Jim and I met back in uh, 2012 at the U.S. military cycling uh, camp. Jim has an impressive resume of cycling accolades. Uh, he's a Cat 2 cyclist. Also has done the race across America once or twice, Jim. Uh, I think actually three times I've been involved in it, but two very memorable ones for sure. <laughs> <clears throat> Jim has his PhD in nutrition from the University of Connecticut, and uh, I think we'll get started with a couple questions. You ready, Jim? I'm ready. I and mean, let me uh, start off also by congratulating you on uh, getting this podcasted up. You've got a, a lot of awesome things to offer athletes, and uh, I think this is a fun way to bring some of this information out to your uh, to your folks. <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. So one of the biggest questions we get on our Facebook page is just kind of nutritional guidelines for the, for just basic nutrition for the endurance athlete. So, Jim, what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, well, you know, sports nutrition is an entire field within the you know nutrition world, and people get their PhDs in sports nutrition, and uh, they specialize in it. And there's multiple college courses on it. And let's take that you know very very wide question and sort of shrink it down a little bit. A lot of sports nutrition relates around you know athletes wanting to uh, to to improve their performance, and that's the basics of it. And then when you start to to shrink it down even more, you can get into the marginal gains from supplements and and, and other sorts of nutraceuticals. But let me just start this first question and answer with the macro look. And that is that the most important things for an athlete from a sports nutrition, very basic standpoint, is making sure they're hydrating properly, making sure they're eating healthy, making sure that they're getting good sleep and good recovery. And so, you know, as we continue this chat along, a lot of, a lot of what I believe and what I counsel athletes on is to focus on those things making sure you're staying hydrated, making sure you're staying nourished with, with good, healthy foods. And I'm sure we'll get a question on what that actually is later. Um, and then lastly, getting good, uh, good rest and recovery so that uh, an athlete can repeat their workouts or, or their races as soon as possible the next day. So how quickly they recover is a key part of, of good nutrition, good sports nutrition. Well, you know, you mentioned hydration and that uh, brings up a thought. I've got two athletes. I've got one that's out at uh, Masters Nationals for road racing, which is at altitude in, in Colorado. And then I have another 55-year-old athlete who is getting ready to do seven days of riding the uh, Dolomites. So the question I have for you is, 
what should, given that an athlete's got a, a time trial on Thursday and today is, is Monday, what should that athlete be doing from a hydration perspective? And then the second thing is when I've got somebody who's going overseas and doing seven straight days of climbing the Dolomites, I think that hydration is going to be something that's really going to be part of the recovery. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with the last statement. So let's just start with general hydration. It is not easy to rehydrate quickly once your body is dehydrated. And we know that performance is inhibited when you lose a certain percentage, you know, two, three point uh, percentage of your, uh, of your body weight from water. And so a goal for an athlete is to do the best they can at minimizing dehydration, both during training, during the day and during the actual event. And the way I look at it is just like that. And so on average, any athlete traveling or we're just, you know, working in a cubicle, they should have a water bottle and they should be drinking and you should be peeing almost clear fairly often throughout the day. And that would be a good sense that you're hydrated. You want to go into your training rides and your events hydrated. The problem now is, is once you hit those events, how do you stay hydrated? And really, depending on how hot it is outside or altitude, both factors that can increase your dehydration rate, it really sometimes can just be a matter of trying to stave off dehydration for as long as possible. Sometimes it's just not possible to consume the amount of water you need. I'll give you a good example. A really hot road race that might be 60 or 70 miles at altitude, it's almost impossible for a cyclist to consume the amount of water they need, not because the body can't absorb it, but because you can't eat, nobody's going to carry, you know, eight, 10, 15 water bottles. And if you're an amateur cyclist, you don't have a, a car behind you or, you know, handing you up water bottles or a domestique. And so a lot of times it's starting the race as hydrated as possible and then staying ahead of the game for as long as possible. Generally, that looks like about a bottle an hour, 20 to 24 ounce bottle an hour um, in a hard, hard road race. I will tell you for athletes going to altitude, you need to pay special attention. You lose more water at altitude. You lose it in every breath you take. You lose more water in the sweat that evaporates off of your skin. And what ends up happening is, is you don't have the same cooling uh, effect with that water on your skin. And so you can end up sweating more too at altitude and not even realizing it. So hydration for folks going to altitude is, is especially important. And then during travel, if you're, your athlete who's going overseas, you know, that's a long trip from the States and they're going to spend quite a bit of time in a, in a dry airplane cabin. It's very easy to start the day hydrated and get off the airplane completely dehydrated. And so very important to have a water bottle with you at all times. In every nutrition lecture I give, the first thing I do is have folks um, hold up their water bottles and invariably half of the room doesn't have one. And that's a good, good visual to sort of start the discussion of how you stay hydrated throughout the week. And that is start by just, you know, always having a water bottle with you and, and sipping throughout the day. So I would say that's a, a, you know, something you might want to discuss with your athletes and some very easy things that, that any of the listeners can do out there. Oh, excellent. Well, let's, let's now, we actually wanted to talk about nutrition and I guess hydration is a, a foundation nutrition, mm -hmm. but more specifically. So I get asked this question all the time where an athlete's going to either be doing Zwift or they're going to be inside doing a, uh, a one hour trainer ride, or they may just be out doing intervals. Is it important for those, those athletes to actually be taking a nutrition or can they do it on an empty stomach? Yeah. So Timing is everything with that. And so for starters, any sort of training, you should be focusing on hydration as the, as the foundation like we just talked about. If the actual activity is, is less than 45 to 60 minutes in length, meaning it's going to be very short activity, there's not a whole lot of reason to be consuming solid food 
or even calories in the water bottle, it's not necessary because your body has enough carbohydrates stored to be able to get you through that event. But it doesn't mean that making sure that you consume carbohydrates and good nutrition before or after the event isn't important. So we can talk about the, that in, in a second, but just during the event, generally events that are, you know, or training bouts that are 45 to 60 minutes in duration or less, you don't need to worry about putting carbohydrates into your body during the event. However, if it's very high intensity, 45 to 75 minutes in say like a criterium or something like that where the intensity is extremely high, there's nothing wrong with putting some carbohydrate in the water bottle. It's not going to hurt you. It's just that it's not always necessary, but some larger athletes or athletes that have high metabolisms or particularly hot events, it could be helpful. And that's an example of sort of the gray area of nutrition where sometimes working with a dietitian can be very helpful. And then we get beyond that 45 to 75 minute range and you get into the, you know, one to two to three hour range. And then absolutely you should be putting carbohydrates in your water bottle somewhere in the range of consuming about 45 to 70 grams an hour. And so you figure you can consume that all in a water bottle or you can, you know, mix something in your water bottle and, and take a gel or some other food. But in general, you're aiming for that, you know, 45 to 70 grams per hour for those longer events. And that, that will keep you uh, fueled with, with carbohydrates so that you don't end up having to delve too deeply into your glycogen stores. It, it, that's going to happen whether you want, want it to or not. But you don't want to run out of glycogen stores because that's when you hit the wall. That's, that's when performance will, will degrade so drastically that, that your event or your training bout will stop. So that constant influx of carbohydrates is important. Let me just mention real quickly now, how you get that carbohydrate can matter too. Sometimes it's easiest to take it through a water bottle. You know, you mix, you know, one of your favorite sports drinks, you know, let's just say scratch or, or goo hydration or, or, or what have you into your water bottle. And it's very easy to get anywhere between 30 and 70 grams in a bottle or two. But sometimes that can make you nauseous or you're not going to be able to get enough if, if the concentration you mix it in that you like doesn't give you enough carbs. And so what you'll end up having to do is to eat something. And so what you want to do is think of, everything you're putting into your body during that event added together. So for example, if you know, you're trying to get 70 grams of carbs an hour, a water bottle plus a half a bar or a water bottle plus a gel uh, every 20 to 30 minutes will usually get you there. And that's a good start for what you might want to do on the bike. Now, I'm assuming you probably are going to want to know how does that change before the race or after the race. But in general, that, that's a good consensus for you know, doing the best you can while you're riding or whatever exercise you're doing, running. Well, since you brought it up, as soon as you're finished uh, your ride, what do you see as the next 30 minutes? You know, we, we hear about the golden 45 minutes and, and that type of stuff. So what do you see for the next 30 minutes and then the rest of the day as far as your nutrition goes? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, what I learned 20 years ago when I was in school and for nutrition uh, and, and what we know now has changed a little bit. The golden hour is still the golden hour. Uh, and the reason is, is the body is ripe for replenishing itself. But let me just say something. Thinking about recovery starts the minute that you start exercising. And so that is why there's been quite a bit of data out there that shows that consuming small amounts of protein during actual exercise is important. Um, it helps to uh, reduce the amount of protein consumed uh, from your own body, and it also helps provide muscles with, with fuel in addition to the carbohydrates. So thinking about recovery during the actual event is important too. Another reason is before you go to a race or an off-site event, like say, I know it's one thing if you're exercising in your house, you have food available, but it's a totally different thing if you're traveling to an event and you need to be thinking about what you're going to consume immediately after that event. And so having a cooler packed with a recovery bottle or a sandwich or a good recovery meal is important. 
And that recovery meal should have carbohydrates, both simple and complex, and should have a good source of protein, ideally complete protein. It does not need to be a meat source. It can be a vegetable source, which is great, but it just needs to be a good source of both. In general, you want to try to consume that within the hour immediately following the event. And then you just sort of switch to eating the way you normally do for the rest of the day uh, so that you don't overeat and and end up eating more calories than you ended up needing based on the event. Now, if you end up missing that recovery period, all isn't lost. You can still recover. It just takes more time to do so. And tomorrow's or or the second event of the day or training about of the day, if you're doing if you're doing two workouts a day, might be affected by not recovering properly in the first workout. But all isn't lost. It's still important to consider recovery, even if you forgot your recovery cooler at home. And one of the first things, in addition to the, the carbohydrates and protein, is remembering that hydration is still extremely important in recovery. You probably sweated out more than you were able to consume during a longer event. And so, you know, trying to quickly reconsume that lost water is also very important. Oh, excellent. Well, we're trying to keep these to about uh, 12 to 15 minutes. So it looks like we're probably going to have to do a part two, a part three, a part four (laughs) to get all of our nutrition question in. But one last thing, when we look at somebody who goes out or we as an athlete go out and do like a, you know, a five hour skyline monster ride we have a tendency to say, oh, well, I get kind of a reward meal and we overeat. At least I'm assuming we do. Do you agree with that? Or or is that a time that you could actually get a little more food in? Or is there like diminishing returns on that? That's a good question. You know, I work a lot with uh, athletes who are trying to lose weight or struggling with losing weight. And one of the interesting things that I'll, I'll do is, you know, I'll say, hey, you know, when you get on the elliptical machine or the treadmill and you, and you do a 30-minute workout, how many calories do you think you burned? And, you know, they'll give a number and I'll say, well, here's how, you, how many you probably burned. And the numbers are usually different. People usually overestimate how many calories they think they burned. In general, a good hard hour of riding will burn, you know, a good solid hour. Let's not say hard, but a tempo can burn anywhere between 300 and maybe 700 calories an hour, depending on your body size. But, you know, a lot of folks will say, well, you know, I'm I'm sure I'm burning over a thousand calories an hour. That is really difficult to do to burn over a thousand calories an hour. You have to be a pretty fit athlete going very, very hard. And so what can happen is, is you can eat quite a bit while you're riding or, or doing your event, do a really good job recovery, and then forget that throughout the rest of the day, you've got to sort of transition back to good, healthy eating. There's a couple ways to ensure that you do this right. One of them is to make sure that you eat that recovery meal very quickly after you get, you know, get off that, that really hard ride or that epic ride. And then remember to eat small, frequent meals. So every two hours or so after that event, having a small meal, not necessarily you know, the, you know, a huge, gigantic Chipotle bowl, but sharing one with, with your buddy, for example, or having a, a four-inch sandwich instead of the, the foot-long, and keep it doing that for every couple hours throughout the rest of the day. And that is exactly the way a, a, a great athlete will you know, replenish their stores without overeating or the risk of overeating. But yes, there is diminishing returns. You, you got to be careful about over-consuming. It is specific to the person too. So I would, I would say that you know, if someone's really struggling with the nutrition strategy, struggling with gaining or losing weight, and they do have quite a bit of the, you know, a few of these you know, very long, very hard bouts of exercise, that is a perfect type of person to work with a trained professional a dietitian, uh, particularly one that's board certified in sports nutrition, to help put together a very specific nutrition plan that'll work for them. Everybody's a little different. And so trying to hedge that answer to that question by uh, shooting down the middle, but you're right, but that is an area that, you know, that a lot of athletes will, will often mess up, but good question. You know, I, I guess that uh, gives us the opportunity to do a, a real quick caveat that this podcast is, 
is for educational purposes. And like you just said, when you are in that special category that in fact, you know, going to a, a, a licensed trained person is a much better source for information than, uh, than our, than our podcast. We're just, we're basically working towards the general healthy population. I was going to throw one little pro tip out to see what you think about this is at the end of the ride, you can always go into your training peaks account and look at the amount of kilojoules used since we all have power meters now. And that gives us kind of a good indicator of maybe some of the calories that we've actually burned. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, that's a very good way to do it. I will tell you for folks to be cautious that some devices out there are only as accurate as the information you give them. And a good example is, you know, without the right information going into my Garmin head unit, it will classically and always overestimate the number of calories. You know, it'll tell me I burned 6,000 calories in a three-hour ride. And, and I know there's, there's just no way. And so it's important to work with your coach to make sure that you get the right information into your training peaks and into your head units so that you're actually making good decisions on good data. Well, thank you very much, Jim. I'll give you I'll give you the last words. Any thoughts? Yeah, you know, something that came to mind while I was talking is, you know, where where can folks go for more information? Where's a good resource? I will tell you that that one of the the most concise and well-written nutrition articles that is out there that is under 500 pages is a 28-page paper. It's a review it's basically a position paper put out by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics in conjunction with the Dietitians of Canada and the American College of Sports Medicine. And it is a position paper on nutrition and athletic performance. And you can just Google position paper, nutrition and athletic performance, and, and uh, it'll, it'll come up. It's a 28-page paper that really does a nice job. And although there are some areas that are written you know, well above the general public, but, but for the most part, it does a nice job of sort of lining out exactly what we know from an evidence-based point on what works and what doesn't work in terms of sports nutrition. And one of the things that folks really need to be careful of in this um, in this landscape is there is just a lot of shenanigans out there. And you can't just believe everything you read on the internet. You really need to know what you're putting in your body. That goes well beyond. We only talked about food today, but uh, at some point, I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about supplements. But I really would encourage folks to, uh, you know, to ask questions before they just uh, jump on some bandwagon and a a good place to start for information is that position paper. Uh, and then you can move out from there with uh, more detailed info. So hopefully that gives folks a, a place to start. And Chuck, I just want to say thank you again for uh, having this uh, short discussion and always making nutrition an important piece of the puzzle. You and I agree that nutrition is an extremely important part in athletes' uh, you know, coaching and success. And uh, I think that's why you've had so much success coaching your athletes. Well, I appreciate it, Jim. And we will add the link that you just talked about to the actual podcast notes. And if anybody has any questions or anything for Jim, you can always put it in the comments or you can tweet us at What's Up Podcast on Twitter, W-A-T-T-S-U-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Well, Jim, I greatly appreciate your time and I can't wait till we do this again. Ditto. Thanks a lot. You have the endurance. You have the perseverance and motivation. And now you have a coach. For more information from today's podcast, check the episode notes. If you have any questions regarding this episode, drop them in the comment section or send them on Twitter to at What's Up Podcast or email Coach Chuck at Chuck at KyleCoaching.com. This is the What's Up Podcast. Till next time.